0: Tonight we're going to get into the series that Michael just mentioned, uh, White Flag. How many of you have been in here for the past couple weeks? You've heard some of this stuff. Very nice. Cool, cool. Well, the whole deal with White Flag, just to make sure that everybody's on the same page, and so we all remember what this is all about. White Flag, the actual White Flag, is a representation of total Surrender. In a battle, in a war, you wave a flag, you're saying we totally surrender, we give up, we are, are giving all of us to the opposing force. We're saying we, we surrender totally to you. So when we're talking about white flag tonight, we're talking about the story of Mary and Joseph. We're going to get into w- at what point they had to wave their white flag and totally surrender their life over to God. So. That is what we're going to talk about tonight, Mary and Joseph. We're not going to necessarily talk about the the traditional Christmas story. We're not going to get a ton into the manger like we just sang about and little baby Jesus in the hay and all that stuff. We're not going to get a lot into that. We're going to kind of talk about before that, but before we get into the actual story, I always like to start off asking a question so we're thinking we're on the same page. So my question for you tonight is this, have you ever had a plan that didn't go the way you thought It would. Like you had this plan, you envisioned it. Hands up if you've ever done this before. You had a plan, and then you you knew it was going to go a certain way, but then when it actually happened, it didn't go that way at all. Yeah, a lot of you. Okay, you put your hands down. I've definitely had this happen to me, where I had this scheme, this plan, this idea, and when it started to unfold, it turned out nothing like I had planned. Like it was just total flop, total failure. This happened a a few weeks ago. My son turned one year old on November the 6th. And so we had this big party, you know, the big one-year party. Um, A few days after that on a Saturday during the weekend, we had family come in from out of town. We had all of our friends there. It was like a big shindig, right? I mean, it was the ultimate partay. And so we had this big plan, and my wife had some, some responsibilities, and then I had some responsibilities, and so I had a plan for how to accomplish my goals, right? And one of my goals was, we have this, this planter box on the back deck, right? And you're supposed to plant stuff in it, and it's a box, so it's called a planter box. You with me? It's fairly complicated. And so it's a big open box, and I needed to find something to put across the box so that we could put food on this box, right? So it's basically turning it into a table, but for this party. And so I'm like, okay, I got this. I'll go to Home Depot or Lowe's and I'll get some pegboard, which is the, the board that's got holes all in it. And then when I'm done with it, I'll put it up in the garage because I need some pegboard anyway. So I'll buy some pegboard, put it on the roof, bring it back home, we'll put it on the, on the box, put a sheet over it. It's going to look awesome. We'll put the food on it. It'll be great. And that was like my main responsibility for the party, right? So I had this plan. It was, all, it was all planned out. About 3 o'clock, which is about two hours before the party, I head off. Off? <laughs> Where am I from? I head off <laughs> to Lowe's. I head to Lowe's. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to Lowe's. I'm going to get my pegboard, and I'm going to have my tabletop. So I get to Lowe's. I find the pegboard finally. I check out. I get to Uh, My car, I put it up on the roof and I'm like, okay, I got this. I got some twine that I brought with me to strap this puppy down onto the roof so it wouldn't blow away and wouldn't mess up, right? And so I knew how I was going to tie it in, right? So I open up my sunroof and it's like, opens up and I see straight down into the car. And so pegboard's got holes all in it. So I feed the twine through the holes and feed it down into the car. So it's like coming up from the seat And it's attaching to the pegboard, and it's like pulling it down to the car. So I'm like, dude, that's so secure. But just to be extra secure, I'm going to put some more through. So I put some more through the holes, tied it to the actual roof rack on top of the car. And I'm talking, I pulled it tight. Like, it was just on there, man. The Hulk couldn't rip that thing off because it was just on there so well. Because I was tying all kinds of sailor's knots and stuff. Because I'm a Boy Scout, and that's what I do. I'm prepared, you know? And so it's all on there, strapped down, it's tight. My plan is going perfectly, okay? So I get on the road. I pull out of the parking lot. Everything's cool. I'm looking at it. I'm like, yeah, it's not even moving. I pull out of the the parkway. I get on to the, the turn lane to get into Dallas Highway to go on the fast road. And so I pull on, start going a little bit faster. I'm up to like 15 miles an hour. It's not even moving. I'm like, what? Sailor knots are the jam. And so I'm watching it, going to about 20, go to about 25, little vibration, but not much. It's, it's easy. It's, it's, just, it's just riding easy. I'm like, this is going to be cake. I'm going to get home. My wife's going to be like, oh, baby, you're so awesome. You got the table ready. You did everything so good. She's going to hate me when she hears my impersonation of her, by the way. She's going to, like, smack me in my face. So... I'm rolling along. Get up to 30, 35. and start shaking a little bit more. And I'm like, okay, well, my knots are holding up, though, so it's okay. I'm sure we can get up to 45, 50, and it's going to be fine. Well, I start hitting the gas a little bit more. start getting a little bit faster. Vibrations start doing a little bit more. And then, I'm serious. As soon as I hit 50 miles an hour, it wasn't like any more small vibrations. It was like, I'm, <laughs> I seriously look up, and it felt like a scene out of a movie. Has anybody seen... Uh, Jurassic Park, the first one? Yeah, where the T-Rex comes in through the window in the top of the car. And then the kid's like, ah, gosh, ah. Well, I look up and I see the vibration of, of the board. And then all of a sudden, as soon as I hit 50 miles an hour, the whole thing just says, "Poof!" <laughs> rips off of the car. The twine is still connected to my seat and it's still dangling there. The whole board is ripped off. And I'm like, ah. No! My one responsibility, my plan. And so as soon as it rips off, I look behind me, and I see three big pieces of of, uh, pegboard flying onto the highway. Now, number one, I could have caused a bad wreck with that, so that wouldn't have been good. But number two, and really the thing I was thinking of even more than that, was my wife is not going to be happy about this. I've failed. My plan has failed miserably. And so I pull a UE really quick. I turn around. I'm the guy on the on the highway, like standing, looking like a big dope. I'm just like, hey. Everybody's like, why are you standing in the middle of the highway? We're trying to go. And I'm just like standing around like trying to pick up these big pieces of pegboard and get them back in my car. <laughs> the people are driving by, like, hey man, you okay? Like, yeah, just pegboard. You know, they probably thought I just saw it on the road. and I'm just picking it up just because I collect pegboard or something. I don't know, but I pick it up. I get it on the car and I'm so frustrated, right? Because, you know, when you have a plan and it doesn't work and then you're just ticked because you're like, I wish I would have planned that better. Like, I wish I would have got some two by fours and strapped those to the top, like done a little bit more secure job of, of, of fastening it. And of course, afterwards, I think of all these great ideas. But at the time, my plan was going to be awesome, but it didn't work awesome at all. So I'm like really mad. And I'm driving home with like three pieces of pegboard in the car now. And I'm just like, how am I going to get three pieces of pegboard to work? It's not going to stand up. We're going to put the food on it. It's all going to fall down into the planter box. <sighs> I'm so ticked. So I finally get to the house. I pull up. I'm in a bad mood. And my wife comes out. And she's like, hey, how how'd it go, babe? Hot stuff. Stud muffin. Those are the things that she calls me. And, and I was like, and she could tell from my face, it didn't go well. And she's like, "Oh, what happened?" And I didn't even say anything. It's like, "What happened?" I'm like, "The pegboard like flew off the car and went into the highway and it was a big mess." So she sees that and she sees the pieces in the car and she's like, "Oh, baby, it's okay. I'm sure we'll get it to make it work." My wife's super sweet, really nice lady. And uh, and so I'm like, "Okay." So she hugs me and I'm like, "Cause I'm mad. I'm ticked. Plan's not working." So. She goes back upstairs. I open the back hatch to get the pieces of pegboard. And as soon as I open the hatch, um, the pegboard had kind of moved and shifted on me to where it was angled down. So as soon as I open the hatch, it slides out like a a rocket. And it hits me right in my shin. Have you all ever hit yourself in the shin really hard or had your shin hit something really hard? Oh, my gosh. So... And you know how when you're in a bad mood, something bad happens while you're in the bad mood and it puts you in this like whole nother level of bad mood. That's where I was at, people. That's where I was at. I open the hatch. The pegboard hits me in the shin and I'm just like, ah! I'm so angry. I just seriously slam the door and I just walk around and I'm pacing. I'm like, ah, ah, ah. My plan is like not even close to working right now. My shin is throbbing. Our pets' heads are falling off. I mean, it's just terrible. I'm angry. I'm hurting, and and I'm just I'm just I'm a wreck. And so finally, I compose myself enough to go over to the to the car. I step to the side, and I lift the hatch, and it all. Falls down and, it, and it's already messed up anyway, so I didn't care. So I pick it all up, I take it to the back, I somehow piece it together and put it on this box. And then, it, like I thought, it's like caving in when I try to put any pressure on it. So then everybody else that's at the party has to start helping me find pieces of particle board to put underneath the the board that I went and got. So basically, my trip was for nothing, and I'm just. Urgh, I'm like, so mad. But eventually we got particle board under it, like some pressed board stuff, and put it underneath there. We got a sheet on it. It held weight. The party went fine. My son still turned one. He got cake, and it was all fine. But my plan did not work at all. And I was frustrated. That's hooked on phonics right there. In case you didn't know. Frustrated. I was just frustrated. I couldn't believe that my plan didn't work. But at the end of the day, did it all turn out okay? It did. And I was able to finally calm down and be like, okay, well, the plan I had did not work out. But it did work out in the end. And a lot of times our plans don't work out like we plan. We have these elaborate schemes, these elaborate things we think, and then When it doesn't work out, we get ticked, or we just get confused, or we get scared. And what's funny is Mary and Joseph had this plan, right? They're this young couple, and I don't know if you know this about Mary and Joseph, but they were this young couple engaged to be married. When they find out about this news, that they're going to have the Savior of the world be a part of their family, and they're going to raise him. Now, I don't know about you, but that's kind of a lot of pressure and probably not their plan. Do you think when they got engaged, you know, teenagers, they get engaged, they're like, hey, hun, we should probably raise the Savior of the world. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? A couple teenagers, we can do it. Let's do it. No, that was not part of their plan. And it, what's cool is when we read the Bible, it actually describes kind of, Mary and Joseph struggle with this whole idea of their plan, and then God's plan, and how they were different. So we're going to start off looking at Mary. And uh, Mary's story we're going to look at is going to be in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. So if you got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 1. We're going to be hanging out there for a little bit, and talk about Mary's side of this story, okay? Now this is before Jesus is born, Mary and Joseph, mother and father of Jesus, As far as here on the earth, they raise him. They're the family that he hangs out with. And Mary actually has him. So here we go. Luke chapter 1, verse 26, 27, and 28. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Now Elizabeth is Mary's uh, relative. And she's pregnant at the time. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Okay, so picture this now. Mary, teenage girl, engaged to be married to this, this dude named Joseph, right? Angel comes and visitors, visits her and says, Hey, Mary, what's up? How you doing? Good to see you. Don't worry, because she says she's troubled, she's scared. Don't worry, you're going to have a baby. Now, if, if we read the verses again, Mary was a virgin, which means she hasn't done anything to cause her to be pregnant. And if you've got more questions about that, ask your mom and dad. So, she hasn't done anything to be pregnant, yet the angel says you are going to be pregnant. Hello? And not only are you going to be pregnant, but this is going to be God's son, right? This is going to be Jesus. This is going to be the one who's going to have the throne of David. This is going to be the one that's going to reign over Jacob's descendants. So that's Israel. That's the Jewish people. He's going to be their king. This is this virgin teenage girl hearing this from an angel. Remember that. So this news kind of scared and confused Mary. Would anybody else in here be a little scared and confused as a teenage girl hearing from an angel, you're going to raise the king of the Jews? Yeah, I'd be freaked out, man. I would be like, number 1, if I was a girl, I'd be freaked out all of a sudden. But number 2, dude, you're going to have Jesus. What? Are you serious? But but angel, you don't understand. <laughs> I'm a virgin. I can't be pregnant. What are you talking about? Um, so she's a little confused, which makes sense, right? But then she's scared because none of this makes sense. Does anybody in here get scared when you don't understand something? Because I do. When I don't understand something, I get, I get a little scared. I get a little nervous. I get a little afraid. Yeah. When you get into a part of town you're not familiar with, sometimes you get scared. You get into a test and you don't realize you know any of the answers. You get a little scared. Like, okay, not good. I'm going to get a nap. Um, So when we don't know something and we're confused, we get scared about this. So Mary's getting confused and getting scared by God's plan. This plan that the angel's telling her. So let's keep reading. 34, it says, Mary's starting to ask questions, right? She says, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called... Mary obviously has some questions, right? It's like, okay, Mary, you're going to be pregnant. You're going to have this baby. You're going to call him Jesus. He's going to be the king of the Jews. Um, Question. How? How is that possible? I don't understand. Doesn't make sense to me. So she asked the angel this. Has anybody in here questioned God before? Like, God, I don't get this. I mean, take, for example, last Friday, the thing that happened in Connecticut, the tragedy that happened in Connecticut. I definitely am questioning God, like, God, what is going on? I don't get it. Something bad happens in my life. God, I don't understand what's happening. We all question God at some point when we see things that we don't understand, and Mary's hearing something she doesn't understand, and she's asking questions like, God, angel, Gabriel, please. Help me understand, how can this be? But then he goes on to answer. And he says, listen, the Holy Spirit is going to make this happen. The Holy Spirit is God's spirit, meaning he's all-powerful. He can do whatever he wants. And so he's going to cause you to be pregnant. And look, your relative is really old, but she's still having a baby. And at the end of the day, God never fails, is what the angel says. So Mary after hearing this explanation is like okay. Well you're the angel. You're telling me I'm going to have this baby. Holy Spirit's going to do it. I'm your servant. I'll do whatever. I'll do whatever. I'll, I'll surrender this plan. And so she has faith in, in what the angel's saying. Which ultimately means she has faith in who? God. She believes in God. She believes in who he is. And so she surrenders to this plan. She's like okay. Well I give up then. I guess I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> as crazy as that is, and as confused and scared as she probably still was, she chose to surrender to God's plan. Okay, now, flip side, right? This, this is not a, a one-way deal. This is, there's a fiancé involved, right? Joseph. Fellas, if your fiancé gets pregnant... You guys have only held hands, not your baby. Are you gonna be a little bit freaked out? No, probably not. You're gonna be a little bit ticked. I would be there, I would be in the ticked category. I would be angry. I would be like, girl, who you been hanging out with? Come on now. It's not right. I would be mad, dude. I would be upset. I would be angry. I would be very, very confused. And I would uh, be having some serious thoughts about breaking off this engagement, right? Because obviously she has not been faithful. She has not been um, my, my one and only woman. You know what I'm saying? So let's read his story because I got I to I understand this because if I'm Joseph, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm ticked. I'm furious. I'm fuming. So Matthew chapter 1, this is what it says. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, before they were able to do things that would cause anyone to be pregnant, is what that's saying there, uh, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. So the girl is pregnant with a baby that isn't Joseph's. You with me? That's where we're at. So, verse 19, Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her uh, to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So Joseph was a little upset. He was so upset that he was going to divorce her. He was going to break this thing off because she was pregnant And he knew the baby wasn't his. So he was a little bit upset about Mary being pregnant, which I think the majority of us would be. I know I would be. I would be ticked. But here's the thing. Joseph's a good man. He's a godly man. He actually loves Mary. And so he still loved Mary and didn't want to embarrass her. And so he was going to do it quietly. He wasn't going to do it like in front of everybody and make it all Jerry Springer and be like, That girl, that girl cheated on me. And then start swinging and fighting people. He was going to do it quiet. He was going to do it respectfully. But at the same time, he knew that baby wasn't his. And so what can you think other than Mary cheated on me? So that's got to be what he's thinking. Mary cheated on me, so we're going to break this thing off. I still love her. He's probably hurt. He's probably upset. All those things. But he's going to divorce her. And it's going to be a sad, sad tale. And then if, imagine if that didn't happen, right? Then it would be the story of Mary and Jesus, Jesus, and that's it. That'd just be weird. That's not how it goes. So let's keep reading. Verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. They gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. So in spite of his fiance being pregnant. He surrenders to God's plan. An angel. Just like angel came to Mary. An angel comes to Jesus. Or not Jesus. To Joseph. About Jesus. And he's like okay. Joseph. I get you're upset. Get you're a little confused. Let me explain some things to you. And tells Joseph, what's going on? Yes, that's not your baby. But Mary has not been sneaking around your back, okay? She's not a flusie, okay? She is not. She has the Son of God in her. The Holy Spirit has created this baby inside of her. Now, granted, that's a big pill to swallow, right? That's a lot to take in. Like, okay, (laughs) it's God's baby. What? (laughs) What? But. David, or not David, Joseph actually knows this. This is an angel. This is for real. This is God telling me this. And he wakes up from this dream. He understands what's going on now. He no longer is going to follow the plan of, of, uh, of getting divorced from her. And he follows through with marrying her. They eventually have baby Jesus. We remember the story, baby Jesus born in a manger. They couldn't find any room in the inn, and so they have him in this like barn type picture, right? There's a, a lot of animals around, there's this a lot of hay, there's wise men and stuff. All that stuff happens. So that happens because Joseph surrenders to God's plan. And sometimes God will ask us to do Something that doesn't make sense to us. Just like he asked Mary and Joseph, Hey, you're going to raise this kid that's God's kid. He's not even really yours. He's God's kid. You're going to raise him. What? That's, cra- that's not our plan. Our plan is to like have little normal babies. Eventually. And raise them. Have them take care of our goats and sheep. Mow the lawn. Rub my feet when I've had a long day. We have this plan, right? And God's like, no, 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 that, that plan is kaputzi. We're not going to do that anymore. You're now going to raise Jesus. So they had this plan. God threw it out, gave them a different plan. They had to surrender to that plan. They had to give up to it. They had to say, okay, I embrace that plan. It doesn't make sense to me, but I'm going to. And because of that, we now tell this story every year for the past over 2,000 years of Mary and Joseph and this baby Jesus coming into the world and we celebrated at Christmas every single year because these two kids, these two teenagers surrendered to God's plan and God does the same thing with us we'll have a plan right, we'll have this thing that we got our eyes set on this is how we're going to accomplish it and then God comes through and he just wrecks it, he's like nope we're going to do a different plan. It doesn't always happen like that. Sometimes he likes your plan. And he's like, yeah, let's do that plan. That's a, that's a good plan right there, actually. That plan is my plan, so we're going to do that plan. But at the end of the day, God's plan is what's going to work. And sometimes God's got a different plan than we have, right? Mary and Joseph had a plan. God said, we're going to tweak the plan. We're going to change the plan. This is the new plan. They went with it. Jesus came into the world, he lived his life, he was perfect, eventually died on the cross for us and rose again three days later. Some of us have plans for our life, like, you know what, at 21 and a half years old, I'm going to get married. And then about three and a half years into the marriage, we're going to have 2.5 kids. And then we're going to have a dog and a cat, maybe a gerbil. And then at the age of 38, we're going to go to Hawaii. And then when we're in Hawaii, we're going to swim with the dolphins. And then when we get back from that, at the age of 40, we're going to take them to Disney World. We're going to hang out there. At 45, after the kids are graduated and gone, we're going to travel the world. We're going to go to Europe. We're going to go to Ireland. We're going to go to Russia. We're going to go to Australia. G'day, Mike. We're going to do all this stuff. And then by the age of 60, we'll settle down at the house. We'll just chill And then somewhere around 85, 90, we'll be done. We'll head home to heaven. That could be your whole plan, right? What if God comes in and says, you know what? You're not going to get married. I want you to travel the world as soon as you get out of high school. But I don't want you to travel the world just to take in the sights. I want you to travel the world and I want you to tell people about Jesus. I want you to live in a village in Africa. I want you to go to Central America learn Spanish, and, and talk to the, uh, the small villages in Central America about Jesus? What if that was his plan? What if his plan is for you to ha- get married and have kids? Raise those kids. Teach them about Jesus. Travel the world. Go on family vacations. That could be the plan. It really could be. I don't know. Or it could be something totally different. It could be, you know what? I have a plan to, when I get into high school, I'm going to try out for the baseball team. I'm going to make the varsity team because I'm a stud. And then I'm going to be a pitcher. I'm going to make it to a Division One school as a pitcher. I'm going to throw fast heat, like 95-mile-an-hour balls because I'm crazy good like that. And then I'm going to get it drafted. I'm going to go to the Atlanta Braves because they need some help. And I'm going I'm to throw some heat for them. I'm going to retire about the age of 40, and I'm just going to live off what I made from baseball the rest of my life. That could be your plan. What if God's plan is different? What if he doesn't want you to go that route? He wants something else for you. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Maybe he does want you to play baseball and go through all that. And all along the way, he wants you to point people towards Jesus. But my main question for you is this. Or my main thing I want, I want you to hear is we have to make a choice to trust God and surrender our plans to His. Whatever your plan is, at the end of the day, we've got to be okay with surrendering our plan to God's plan. If my plan is to have another kid, but God tells me and my wife, no, guys, I don't think I want you to have another kid. I want you to do something else. We've got to be okay with that. If you say, I really... Woo, gassy, pardon me. It happens. You know, you guys do it too. If, if your plan is, you know what? I'm going to make... Um, I'm going to make this one girl or guy like fall in love with me. <laughs> I'm going to woo them. I'm going to craft this magic love letter that i'm going to give to them and they're just going to be all about me but god's like you know what you guys aren't a good match i don't really want y'all together um and you really know you shouldn't go after this girl or this guy because you know god doesn't really want that to go on right now um you've got to be willing to give up on that if you know god doesn't want you to i'm not saying he does or doesn't that's between you and god at the end of the day whatever our plans are we've got to be willing to trust him And to be able to have our plans turn into his plans and be okay with doing whatever it is he wants us to do, which isn't always easy. And sometimes it's confusing. And sometimes it's scary, like it was for Mary and Joseph. You might really sense God wants you to do something that you don't want to do. You might not want to do it at all. But if you know God's wanting you to do it, how can you not? Could you resist it? Yeah, God lets you, you know, he gives you free will. He's going to let you choose. But if we choose something different than what God wants, usually that road is pretty bumpy. Usually that road has some consequences to it. And it's not near as good as what God really wanted for us. Look at Mary and Joseph. If they had chosen to say, you know what? I hear you saying we're going to bring Jesus into the world. I hear you saying that. But uh -uh, I don't like it. No, not going to do it. And Joseph leaves Mary. Jesus doesn't have a dad growing up. Or, picture this, Mary says, no, not going to do it. Has, Has some kind of procedure done, has an abortion, right? Jesus doesn't even enter the world through Mary. Now, here's the thing. How does all that work out? I don't know. God's going to still send a savior if he wants to. That's God's deal. He's going to make stuff happen when he wants to make it happen. But it wouldn't have happened the way that we all know it happened. Because they didn't follow God's plan. Now, they actually did. And we can learn from them and be like, dude, it was confusing. It was scary for them, but they did it anyway. We got to do the same thing. And if you're asking yourself, well, how do I know what God wants me to do? Because that would be my next question, right? It's like, okay, well, I want to do God, what God wants me to do. I want to do his plan, but what is that? I want to surrender to that. How do I know? You've got to follow God. You've got to talk to him. Do the things we always talk about. You've got to let him talk to you. He does that through the Bible. He does that through other people. You've got to talk back to him. You've got to pray to him. Talk to him. Ask him for help. Ask him for direction. He will show you that stuff. So if you want to know his plan, Ask him. He'll tell you. He might not tell you right, right away. He might not tell you immediately. He might not tell you in a big like sign in the sky. He might tell you really subtly. I have no idea. But if you want to know what his plan is, you've got to actually pursue it and ask for it. And so my question for you tonight is this. It's just simple. It's, will you surrender to God's plan? Whatever that is. From the big plans to where you want your whole life to go. What you want your whole life to be about. To the small plans. What am I going to do today? What's my plan for the day? All those plans. Will you surrender to God's plan for all of those things? Because he wants to use you every single day. And he definitely wants to use your whole life. So when you go into your school. Whatever school you're at. You're hanging out with your friends, whoever they are. You're hanging out with your family. God wants to use you there. He wants you to be working his plan, to be living out his plan. He wants you to be in that. For your big overarching plan for your life, he wants you to seek him in that. He wants you to be living out the big plan for your life. And he's got one for all of you. He's got a plan for every single one of you in here. You were made with a purpose. You were made on purpose. God wants you to seek him, to know him, and to follow him, and to surrender to his plan.